1: Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
0: Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked.
1: You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both Rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my
0: my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing.
1: What's in the box?
0: On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T com slash roses. Try firstleaf.com slash roses.
2: It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of and the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence
1: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace
0: Case. This is Bachelor Clues and we are survivors. Of the (laughs) three-hour Bachelor Season 27 finale, it has just concluded. We are now going to break it down for you. So much happened in it that is strange.
1: We've only watched maybe 12 of the 13 portions of it.
0: 13? There were 15 portions in this meal.
1: (laughs) 14 of the 15.
0: (laughs) Unnecessarily so. We don't need 15 portions ever. Uh, Certainly not tonight. But yes, we will get to all those things. We will get to what Pace Case is talking about the missing segment the audio or at least the missing gabby audio we're going to get to all that uh as well as uh, there were just so many strange things in this um episode and for me
1: kerfuffle yeah <laughs> what would you call this
0: <laughs> i would call it bad at job on virtually every level
1: bad at job
0: um this is Really, ultimately, I think the only thing that was great in this episode was Gabby's performance. This was a next level performance from a professional player who should have uh, been given the crown, in my opinion. We will, of course, cover all of that. But what I walk away from this episode with more than perhaps anything is absolute certainty that The Bachelor, our beloved game, is in dire need of a rebrand. (laughs) You need to rebrand this show. No one currently working on it should be working on it tomorrow as far as I'm concerned.
1: (laughs) Okay, Logan Roy going full beast mode here.
0: (laughs) That is correct. I mean, look, it's just my opinion. And what is my opinion? I'm just somebody who's seen every episode and uh, has written books about it and fucking analyzes it and thinks about it constantly. I'm just somebody who knows it inside and out much better than any of the people working on it currently. You got to get rid of them all.
1: You're just someone who loves it more than anyone.
0: That too. I mean, we'll talk about that tonight. There were many uh, instances where the game was not respected. The people making the game, DLP himself showing a, a drastic lack of respect for the game that they're making.
1: Legends of the game not respected in the audience.
0: Yes, But that's bad producing. We're talking about Courtney Robinson. We're going to get to it. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But she was definitely there and never even mentioned. They cut to her a couple of times, put her head in a box a few times, but they never even said her name. This is just producers being bad at job. You got to rebrand now.
1: They did this with uh, Trish Schneider, too. They just popped her in the audience. Never, never cut to her. Bad at job. At least say their name.
0: I, yes, put their fucking Chiron on the goddamn screen. Let us see it.
1: You're doing you're making the effort of inviting these people. You're doing it for some reason. You don't have to.
0: <laughs> it's just so that they can have them there and cut to them if they want to and whatever. Look, we'll get into all of it. One thing we can certainly say about tonight it is is it's the end of book watch. Formally and finally, we know from reporting done by Reality Steve that Gabby was, in my opinion, the best player of the season and she was the player caught by producers reading how to win The Bachelor in the mansion. So did she absorb some of these teachings from our tome and use them to ascend to this position in second place? I believe she did. I know she does. She says she doesn't like hearing that, but that's a good point.
1: We'll never know, but she's exhibiting a lot of reader behavior and a lot of reader terminology tonight so that I can't wait to get into clues. I'm not giving up on book watch.
0: No, neither am I. It will be in the game. Uh, eventually it must after the rebrand. When Bachelor finally accepts, when it has some people in position making the game who accept that it is a game and they accept that in order to grow the audience, you must embrace social media. You must embrace the fact that what you are doing is producing a sport. Once that happens, the rebrand, then we're going to see our book in game. I'm fairly confident.
1: Then the book will be around in the dark. The book will be everywhere. Wherever you look, wherever there's a fight so hungry people can eat, the book will be there. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, the book will be there. If Casey knowed why, I'll be in the guy, the book will be in the way the guys yell when they're mad and the book will be in the way the kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when our folks eat the stuff they raise and live in the houses they build, why, the book will be there.
0: Is that from Batman? (laughs) What is that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is from Grapes of Wrath*. I know. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just kidding. I, sorry, I just, you know, it's the season of the book. I, I thought we'd have, you know, some literary references.
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: Elevate the game.
0: Well, I wish we could, Pace Case. I wish from our position here at Gore West and Gore East that we could elevate the game. But all we can do is comment. All we can do is break down what we've seen on this night. Again, this is the, in quotes, thrilling conclusion of Bachelor Historic, Bachelor <laughs> Season <course>. 27.
1: Thrilling <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> Lol.
0: Zach Schalkrink has uh, found his forever best friend. And so we are going to break it all down for you.
1: Speaking of forever best friends, one of my forever best friends, Catherine Dudas and I host a podcast called HBO Lacks, And we are starting our new season. The first episode of Succession Season 4. And the first episode of Yellow Jacket season two, uh, this is the first episode of Succession, is the Disgusting Brothers one. Wonderful. And uh, just go to HBO Lax to check it out.
0: Congratulations. Everybody should be checking out HBO Lax. Whether you watch HBO or not, you should be listening to HBO Lax. And now, let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. We got to break this down. And now... Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We begin our three-hour journey into Zach Shawcross's finale with a little promo. Tonight, it's the incredibly emotional season finale of The Bachelor. The biggest day of Zach's life. There's tears. He's freaked the fuck out, he says. Zach has made this celibacy vow, but then he had sex with Gabby. He feels guilt. We get an entire recap reel of last week's show. And tonight... Gabby and Katie are questioning everything. Zach is torn. Gabby's doing tear play. She doesn't know if she's enough. Someone's going to get hurt. We see some kissing, some sparklers. Will his dream of everlasting love come crashing down? Tears. Portion one begins. DOP walks into the live audience. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's having fun. He's rubbing his hands together maliciously. And then he says it's going to be three hours. And he (laughs) immediately dumps water on the entire vibe by extending condolences to the mass shooting uh, victims' families that has just happened in Nashville, I believe, is where this happened, right? Yeah. So uh, he does this. It's like, yes, of course, we all extend condolences and thoughts and prayers and all of this in any of these situations that are now all too common in America. However, in my opinion, you don't do this at the top of the Bachelor finale. This is the wrong place to do it, the wrong time, the wrong audience. It seemed very strange to me.
1: You don't do it in the middle of a sentence where you're going to literally step on those words and say, and now on The Bachelor, why even try when the execution is so sloppy?
0: He, he literally goes... That's what she said. We extend our... Oh, nice. Uh, he literally goes, <laughs> we extend our condolences to the mass shooting victims. Now buckle up. It's live TV. We don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you still think this motherfucker's an empathetic king after this shit? Hello? Are you there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think he is doing his darned best. Yeah? I think he's really, you know, he is putting his wholesome all into it. And, you know, he's he's not writing these lines. He's not producing the show.
0: Motherfuckers delivering them, though. He turned that tone on a dime. He was like another mass shooting has occurred in America and we extend our condolences. Now, buckle up. I mean, come on.
1: Maybe they cut it together. Frank and Bitten.
0: No, this shit was live. This was sinister as fuck. This was Hunger Games. (laughs) This was Stanley Tucci and fucking Hunger Games. This was grotesque, in my opinion. Then he goes on to say things went horribly wrong in the fantasy suites because Zach broke his vow. And we cut to the audience to see the host of Off Contract, Courtney Robertson, sitting right there in the audience they make no mention of her.
1: Legendary Bachelor icon, uh, one of the hottest new podcasters in the Bachelor Nation space. And you're not even going to give her a name tag? You put Jesse Palmer 44, 50,000 times on screen. Use some of that money.
0: <laughs> some of the Jesse Palmer Chiron money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they spend all their Chiron money on roasting DLP every 10 seconds. <laughs>
0: Or about some of your Jesse Palmer Chiron fucking budget. So you get some Courtney Robertson name on the screen. But again, it's just like, it's bad at job, sloppy, no respect for the game here. DLP then reminds us that Gabby referenced the Scarlet Letter. Then he asked the fourth audience if Zach will be the the first bachelor to get engaged since Peter Weber uh, two seasons ago. DLP promises that tonight will include shocking surprises. And devastating heartbreak and many tears. Then later we'll get a sneak peek at charity's upcoming season, something they've never done before. So he's laying in this teaser. Stick around to the end, and you're gonna see some of charity's night one. That was I was in for that. I was like, all right, yeah, show me this shit. Let's we'll see what you got. Uh unfortunately, we find out they had nothing. But first, we have
1: they had something.
0: Uh <laughs> yeah, well, the swings were taken. We'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> but first. Ariel's hot seat is up. She gets the first hot seat. She comes out. DLP says it's important to acknowledge that her connection was real. She explains it was very meaningful. She couldn't have done it without anyone else. And DLP says he was in awe of her poise through the entire season. He asked her if she still has things she needed to say. She explains that she realized kind of after the fact that the engagement had dissolved and it hit her later. DLP asked her if she was surprised. She got to that point with Zach. She was surprised. She grew more than she thought she uh, would have. She got to a comfortable place, her authentic self. DLP asked her about the Fantasy Suite celibacy proclamation. Ariel was actually on the same page as Zach, she said. She didn't want to have sex in the Fantasy Suite either. Um, And DLP reminds her...
1: That's what I would say too.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dumb fucker. If he would have just asked me. Um, But DLP reminds her that he broke his vow. But she was in the dark at the rose ceremony. And Ariel says she was hurt to have found that out on TV. Now, this is interesting. Um, Because this kind of comes up a couple of times here. Gabby says similar kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it his choice? The producers control your every movement as a lead. And I have to imagine they did this on purpose to try and drum up some kind of controversy, some kind of drama.
1: I didn't know at the time, because you and I were even unsure whether she had that information. I think you thought they had told her off camera. Yeah. Which would be crazy. Uh, But... I feel like now that I've seen this edit, I'm like, that was completely intentional. Yeah. Obviously they didn't let him talk to her and they can just get away with it because he's not allowed to say, well, they or the producers or anything like that. So it just makes it, they just, they throw, they threw him under the bus.
0: Kind of, but they also gave him a hero edit for this whole season. There were a couple of times when he dipped into fool, Mm. but that was it. They never villainized this guy, even as he's doing like bad shit. Like, Gabby tried to villainize the living shit out of him tonight. Didn't work. Yeah. He comes out with people cheering and he's happy that they're with Katie and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I just found it interesting that I, to me...
1: I think it worked somewhat. What did? The villainization of Zach.
0: Maybe. I mean, I didn't like him any more or any less than I liked him on night one. So it was still at a zero likability. <laughs> um, oh portion two began.
1: Damn. Empathetic king.
0: I've never claimed to be such a thing.
1: Me, disgruntled corner dweller. <laughs>
0: I've claimed to be an edgelord. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, <laughs>
1: what are you in Dungeons and Dragons?
0: Right now I'm playing a rogue. What is that? Uh, like a sneaky kind of thief type person. Um, edgelord? lord. Yeah. Rogue is the edge lord of Dungeons & Dragons. Portion 2 begins back in the studio. DLP brings out Shau crank. He joins Ariel in the hot seat. Ariel makes a joke about her certainty that he just came from a 30-minute shower scene, and she says she is appreciative of him, but it was painful for her to watch back because although she committed to being in an open relationship, have we ever heard The Bachelor described as that before?
1: Nope. Not that I'm aware of. I thought this was an amazing play by Ariel. I did too. I mean, this hot seat didn't stand out to me after I'd watched the entire episode and Gabby did what she did. But I love this open discussion of it. Yeah, it's an open relationship and there's certain boundaries that you set up with each other and agree to and mm-hmm. just very mature.
0: Very mature, but also the terminology is interesting because I think there is a large Christian audience in The Bachelor. And I don't think they view this as an open relationship or a polyamorous mm-hmm. relationship. And she's putting a name to what it actually is. This is a, a rare moment where a player gets to be honest about the process. Uh, nonetheless, she says she shouldn't have been left in the dark. He had ample time to tell her before she left. She asked why she wasn't given the same respect as Katie and Gabby. And this gets big applause here. And again, she's alluding to the fact that she believes Shao Crank could have told her at any time. I don't think that's true. Um, Zach says, looking back on all of it, he has regret on how he handled the week. He says he didn't know the right way to handle his actions. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of stuff on his mind. He apologizes in every case when this gets brought up. And like, that's basically What can you say to that? When the guy is like, yep, you're right. I totally fucked it up. So sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I, I guess that's that. Uh, she says, you owe me so much more than this. And she says, by putting, off, by putting sex off the table, you made the entire week about sex.
1: Here's what I would say. I would say pitch me to my future boyfriends out there. Oh, nice. That's what I would do.
0: Put him right on the spot. Yeah, I mean, he got off kind of easy because he's just sitting there like letting the players talk and then just like, oh, I'm sorry. Um,
1: Yeah, they all deliver their speech. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. He says he tried to make it less complicated by taking the sex out of it, but it actually made it worse. He has deep regret. DLP then says, do you regret putting those w- those parameters on it? He literally goes, I have deep regret. And then DLP goes, do you regret it? This is bad hosting. This is bad producing. DLP has an earpiece. The producers should... The whole presentation of this was bad.
1: I literally felt proud of him when this was done. I was like, that was like 10 hours of grueling. Of DLP? Hard... It's a hard job.
0: You felt proud of DLP for this. Oh, my God. Zach says he did regret it. He was just uh, trying to go about this unique week without making it more complicated than it is.
1: Clues just clutched his pearl necklace.
0: Yeah. Do you remember what DLP says? Nate will give you a pearl necklace. I don't know if he knows what that means.
1: I was going to say pearls. And then I said, pearl
0: necklace. Ariel reminds Zach that he took away her agency by making these decisions without talking to her. And if he had the conversation with her, he could have found out she was on the same page. He agrees it wasn't fair to anybody. DLP asks Ariel if she thinks Zach owed her a conversation. She says, yes. DLP asks Zach if he has any last words for Ariel. And Zach tells her he knows that the week was difficult on everyone. And he has hundreds of things he wishes he could have done differently. Hundreds. But you mean a lot to me, and I did mess up. He does respect her, blah, blah, blah.
1: He's like, yeah, I actually hooked up with way more people during the season. I'm sorry to this person, this person.
0: Yeah, he's like, the only player I hooked up with was Gabby. But a lot of producers, there were some people at the resort, a couple monkeys. Ariel says she doesn't want to reduce their relationship to that final week. This process has made her ready to find love again. Is this uh paradise plea? I believe it is. They remind us of the nudists. This gets no laughs from the audience at all. She thanks him for the apology and for coming uh, into the studio. DLP then throws back to the screen and we're in the document.
1: I did like how after Ariel goes through all of these points, like kind of putting Zach in his place, she's like, "Um, I'm not here to drag you through the mud, though. I hope you learn. (laughs) It's like... I'm not going to go through every point in this like well spoken, calm manner, eviscerating your brand, but I'm not here to drag you through the mud.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. She, I, you know, this was Ariel's last play in this season. It was fine. It, nothing to write home about. She wasn't like stealing the show here. It was fine. It was fine. Um, that was solid. Then we get back into the document, and our first shot, or in the first series of shots, we see a monkey chowing down on a banana. This was not my creature of the week. Zach wakes up. Sorry, was that minutiae alarm? <laughs> He's itming oh, the, the. This I is wrote the it. <laughs> the bit. <laughs> Just because you you wrote it and I wrote it does not. Exempt it from minutia alarm status.
1: I'll say the next sentence, too. Zach wakes up in a bed. He's wearing loose lavender PJs. He looks like the cult members in yellow jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Zach shower scene, JFC.
0: Because <laughs> we had three hours tonight. I knew I'd have some time to let commercials build up. I was kind of making memes as I was watching it. This shower scene, I made one immediately. I was like, there's fucking 10 different angles of him taking this fucking outdoor shower. This is absurd.
1: It's it's to the point of a fool edit, like
0: it is. Well, they even make fun of it later, multiple times throughout this. They make jokes about it. It is a fool edit. I have
1: a lot of notes about the show.
0: <laughs> it's this inability. Like if you're going to make a Goldini season, that's what they tried to do here, and we're going to get the fucking Goldini, rest assured. But they tried to make this a Goldini season. What they don't understand is Goldini is not fucking showers and forced abstinence.
1: No, that's the only like overproduced part of his season is that they had him go in the shower a lot. Like, that's not what made it Goldini.
0: Correct. I think what made it Goldini was that he's a hero. Goldini is revered by those producers. They do everything in their power to make him look like the most eligible bachelor on the planet. A great fucking guy. These producers do not do this for anyone. To this day. Yeah, to this day. Exactly. We'll get to all of that. Um, So after these showering scenes, Zach ITM's a reminder that uh, his celibacy decision and how he had sex with Gabby and told Katie how he regrets this. There are repercussions. He thinks uh, they're both upset with him and he wants to fix his mistake, but he worries it's too little too late. As he walks into a room, we see his family. No Patrick Warburton present, Zach tells his family.
1: Dang it. I was hoping for that.
0: I was too. Uh, But we have reason to believe that they don't want Mr. Warburton to be in this program based on the group date he was on earlier in the season being completely cut.
1: They're trying to rebrand the Shal Cranks. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they show girls in a reaction box reacting to, to Zach getting out of the shower. And they're just stone-faced. I'm like, why?
0: Yeah. No one cares. It's too much. It, no one cares. You know, I would watch a sitcom called The Shal Cranks that is about like a uh, family whose son brings home a reality TV fiance. And they're like, what the fuck? I can't believe he's doing this. But the sisters are like, oh my God, I love her. I could watch that. Zach tells his family he's in shock, (laughs) um, but it's been incredible as a whole. He then proceeds to tell his parents about, in quotes, overnights. And his sister's like, we don't want to know the details. (laughs) He says it was a big test for him. His mom says it's going to be tough on the women to know that he's with other women. He tells them, It has caused some turmoil. He tried to help everyone, but his decision bit him in the ass and he says he's excited for his family to meet uh, these women. Gabby is up first. He says there's initial spark. She's confident, blah, blah, blah. He's just saying all these platitudes about both of them. Meanwhile, we see Gabby getting ready and she ITMs that this week has had a lot of emotions. She left the fantasy suites happy, but the rose ceremony, uh, hearing what happened in the rose ceremony, his overall takeaways of regret and failure made her feel bad. She needs to know if his feelings have changed for her, it feels like they have. And before she meets his family, she needs to have this talk with him. And if it doesn't go well, she may not meet the family. So she's positioning this false threat that maybe, um, you know, if, if they can't work things out, she's going to self-eliminate.
1: Yeah. As soon as she shows up, like, collapsing under the weight of this flower bouquet, I'm like, she's not leaving.
0: Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no fucking way. <laughs>
1: Uh, portion three DLP says, is it all over for Zach and Gabby? And we see this meeting of the family. Gabby asked for this chat before, and they sit in this like kind of picnic setup outside the house. And she says, I'm feeling a lot of weight on me right now. Yesterday, hearing those negatives at the rose ceremony and not associating negative feelings with me. I don't want to be the reason you feel pain. And he says, my weird notion in mind that I came up with rules to find love, you know, weirdo behavior. Uh, I I messed up what I was going for with that. It's nothing with us. And Gabby says, I feel like the reason you're disappointed. I feel guilty, like an accessory to a crime. I shouldn't feel that way. I hate to say it, but I felt like in the Scarlet Letter. She declares her reader behavior once more do you regret the decision you made? And he says, no, it's huge for us. You were someone who opened my heart. It's love. What are you
0: giving this? I gave it a love level four. What does that mean? Like, if you have love, you can't, you're not falling. You're definitely not starting to fall. You're definitely not love level one It's got to be a three or a four. And I, I think it's a four.
1: I think he doesn't think he's love level four. But if I were her, I might see this as a love level four.
0: No, he does, though, because later there's a a moment where he differentiates very clearly. He understands. I think it might have just been a misstep on his part. Like, oh, I just fucking said it weird. And now it's a love level four. Nonetheless, Gabby ITMs. That he listened and reassured her, which is exactly what she wanted. She feels a lot better about everything. She's excited to meet the family. They walk in, hugs all around. Gabby ITMs that she hopes they can see how strong their connection is. She's basically glow predicting. And in the group setting, Zach's mom asks Gabby uh, how her family feels about this whole thing. She explains that her dad uh, took his mom to meet his family one day on the first day that they met and then proposed a month later so. Fast relationships are nothing to her family. And then Zach's dad pulls Gabby.
1: I love the little mini detail. She says, my family was a little like, what the heck? It's like. Yeah. Showing like maybe maybe some Christian values. Oh, yeah. Or good girl girl values.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, We then have this one-on-one time with dad and Gabby. She tells him that she's a family person, family's everything. And she thanks God that. In quotes, you guys are normal. She explains that her parents have shown her the example of how to be partners, even through the bad times. And then Zach's dad says, (laughs) him and his wife's relationship isn't based on them having a great time. It's actually based on them having horrible times, like when (laughs) Zach was born. This is one of the strongest statements I've ever heard, and he'll bring it up again when he talks to Katie. But he says that uh, Zach was a sick child, and he plays this dad PTC here. (laughs) They were told Zach was going to die. He had to sign coroner's papers at the hospital. And uh, they got through it together, though. And it strengthened their relationship. And then Gabby thanks Zach's dad for playing that PTC and says, she knows there's going to be times with Zach when they're fearful and angry. And it's how you address those times. She's willing to do that. And she thinks he is, too. And then we see some one-on-one time with uh, Zach and his mom.
1: By the way, pretty good dad play for Chip. You know, he's branding himself as the... Dad, I mean, playing that PTC, but...
0: He says the word best friend like 200 fucking times. He's really... He's sticking to the fucking script. He
1: came to play. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. A good good family player for sure. Um, Then we see this one-on-one time with Zach and his mom. The mom thinks that Gabby Sweet has similar family beliefs. I believe that's another reference to Jesus Christ or potentially Donald Trump.
1: Similar beliefs. I was wondering. They didn't get into it. He's like, she's quirky. I can see myself on a knee. It's kind of a hint of a precog.
0: If I may, this kind of shit where where it's like similar family beliefs. What are those? That's what I want to see. I don't know yeah. who these fucking people are. What are their beliefs?
1: Take your kids to watch airplanes.
0: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I just, I can tell that.
1: And frozen pizza. Yeah.
0: Football family and frozen pizza. Those are the boys.
1: <laughs> Football family, frozen pizza.
0: I can just tell she has the three Fs.
1: <laughs> we see Gabby have one-on-one time with the sisters, and they say he's always filling other people's cups. Uh, he gives so much that sometimes we don't, you can't see when he's struggling. And one of the sisters says, I'm more of a protective sis. Love this. I feel like this whole family are readers. Uh Gabby says, I feel how in love with him I am to my core loading this love level four for Zach with the sisters. I mean, she just is literally I don't think a meeting of the family could go better than what Gabby is doing here.
0: No, it was perfect. But, I mean, they both played perfect MOTFs.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Katie's was strong, too.
0: We get this little thing in the end where Gabby and Zach go out in front of the the, uh, house there and they sit down and she says that hearing her sisters made her realize she is in love with him. Strong LL4 play after the MOTF. She didn't feel that way until she was talking to the sisters. Great. Seal it with a kiss. Zach says it feels good to hear that. Gabby ITMs this readiness to start her life with Zach feels like all the things she's hoped and dreamed of could be a reality. We get some auto zone kissing. She drives away and the studio audience claps.
1: There was a lady producing tears in the audience. I don't know who that was, but that's impressive. Uh, we see a lemur, a bee. We get meeting of the family two. Katie loads love level three. She knows that Zach was intimate with Gabby and was spiraling. She. Th- Thinks Maybe he's love level three with Gabby. So I'm cautious because of all of what all the men in my life have done to me. Uh, The dad. Oh, the dad's name is chap chap. Yeah, that that also helps.
0: You want to hear a story about chap? Do I? Yeah, I think you do. This is a personal story. When I was probably five years old, we'll say five years old. It's probably accurate. Six, maybe my parents took a trip to I forget where some ski place like snow skiing. And I was a small child. My parents wanted to go skiing. So they're out doing the slopes and they take me and they kind of like dump me off at this place where like the little kids are uh, instructed by instructors on how, like the basics of snow skiing, right? This is the only time I've ever been snow skiing in my life, by the way.
1: Wait, why do you call it snow skiing?
0: Because it's like as opposed to water skiing.
1: I think you can just say skiing.
0: Oh, Okay, skiing, man. <laughs> uh so I'm there.
1: I'm surprised you haven't been snow skiing more, Clues. You sound like such a <laughs> snow skier, naturally.
0: I've never been water skiing either. So okay,
1: oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what
0: is this the only time I've been skiing on any form of water, frozen or liquid. So
1: you've only skied as a five year old.
0: And so in this little thing, I was like, I remember being like uh nervous and scared, just like Gabby and Katie. And they had name tags that they would put on you. And so I told them my name, Chad. And when they wrote it, the person who wrote it did (laughs) C-H-A. And then the D, it was like a capital D, but it had a long... A uh, straight line, like a long stem, so it looked like Chap, and they were calling me Chap all day, <laughs> and I just fucking answered to it because I didn't. I was like, "Fucking, I'm not gonna tell them it was that it's Chad." That's traumatizing. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you don't
1: really remember that many memories from five to six, but if people call you Chap all day, I think it, you would." I'll never that.
0: forget it. When I heard this guy's name was Chap, I was like, "Damn, I wonder if his name's really Chad."
1: Would you be upset if I called you Chap?
0: Hell no. I wear it like a badge of honor. All right, Chap. Thank you.
1: All right, chap. Should we go snow light it together?
0: No, I'm never going to do it again. Too traumatic. <laughs>
1: uh, chap says, "Tell us everything now." Katie says, "Night one. There's something there. Mom, ITM's watching them interact. Looks natural. It's a hint of a glow. Yeah. We see what on one time between Zach's mom and Katie. She says, "I feel so safe, secure." Zach's mom says, how do you process that, especially as a female?
0: This seems like some traditional values to me. You know what I'm saying?
1: I just, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, wait, so guys are less monogamous naturally and like girls, they want to keep it pristine.
0: Or is she implying that, like, guys are okay with multiple guys dating the same woman, but women can't psychologically handle it? I don't know.
1: Mm, Either way, seems bad. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. Katie produces tears at this moment, but probably not for the same reason. (laughs) And they hug. Katie says... You know, there's still an incredible woman here. This is something both Katie and Gabby do constantly in this. They're propping up the other one. It's so for TRR. Also reader behavior. We get one-on-one between Katie and the sisters. Katie says, if it goes sour, I don't like thinking about it. But, you know, I want him to be happy and follow his heart. If it is, Zach, you become family, which is nice to think about. She almost produces tears here again. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. One on one time between Zach's dad and Katie, and it's in this like bench by the pool that is so beautiful. This shot, I will say that. Um, Katie says, "You know, if I'm gonna experience hard, I want it with him." Chap says, "Relationships are made in tough times." He rehits his chap brand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> love
1: is about suffering.
0: Yeah, he's like, I fucking hate Zach's mother but we've had enough bad times together that it's forged a relationship that will stand the test of time. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> he says, I wasn't raised with that dad. Or she opens up, I haven't had that to look up to. She hints at her PTC, produces tears here like a goddamned legend. Chap says, I wasn't raised with a model, but it became my greatest strength. And then he asks, do you love level four, my son? Katie says, I'm very in love with him. Chap says he's an incredible guy. And Katie Guy I can see him being dad to me. And Chap, they hug. And Chap goes, You're awesome. I was like, oh my God, like father, like son.
0: That was fucking unbelievable.
1: I feel like the editors did that on purpose, right?
0: I mean, there's no need to have it in there.
1: Or am I crazy?
0: No, I agree with you. I think they did it on purpose.
1: That's not helping. (laughs)
0: Yeah, this is where he gets his expressions of love from. You're looking for a best friend who you only have bad times with, but you still think is awesome. That's the recipe for love. Uh, Then we see the bench outside. She compliments, Katie compliments Zach's family to him. Zach says he could see they could sense how genuine and sweet and loving she is. That's a form of a glow, I believe. She says hearing what they said about him uh, brings her tears. She ups her love level three to love level four because of the conversation with the family. I'm so in love with you. Hearing the family talk about him made her be more in love. Seal it with a kiss, auto zoom kiss, and Katie ITMs that she knows it might not be her, but she, but wants it to be her. But does he? And we get a casting card ready for romance that'll sweep you off your feet to your own private island. Go to ABCjoinTheBachelor.com. Are you looking to have five minutes of audio cut out of your relationship story? Go to abc.com. <laughs> We're about to get to that. Portion five begins back in the studio. DLP tells us that it seems like Zach has overcome the sex week mishap, and now he has one final date with each woman. So what could possibly go go wrong? <laughs> 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 <sighs> He don't know. No, he don't know.
1: We see for... What did they call it in this episode? The last chance date?
0: Last chance date. I don't know if we've ever officially heard that, but that must be what the producers call it.
1: We've been calling it last date, so I feel like we were very close in our terminology. They The first last chance is Katie, and they're at a national park in Krabby, Thailand, and Katie loves his bright sh- colored shirt. <laughs> they, Jack says we're going on a little hike, even though she's in like flip-flops. What is going on?
0: No huju here, by the way. Important to notice. There were two opportunities for huju, both blown. Uh, there was one kind of standing forced hooju that comes later. I don't give that a huju, though. There was no approach. Yeah. It's it's not a huju.
1: It's too formal in the finals for hujus. Is it? But I think hujuing should happen all the time. I think it looks weird when they don't.
0: I agree. They're shooting it for the hooju. Yeah. They, They position them 100 yards apart. They say go. They say action. And then they just fucking lazily walk toward one another and do kind of like a, oh, let me give you a little bit of a hug. Okay. Anyway, Katie ITMs <laughs> that she has so much love to give. She wants to give it to Zach, but doesn't know where his heart <laughs> Sir? is at. Ma'am? She knows how amazing Gabby is. She's trying to be confident, but she's nervous. It's not her. She rehits her absentee father piece TC, but Zach is a good fit for her. And uh, so is the family. They hike around this waterfall. They get in the water. They sit by the waterfall, tell each other they're happy with each other. And Katie itms that she wants him to know how much she wants to start a future with him. Then the night begins. We get very little of this day portion. It almost immediately becomes night after just some generic platitudes. Again, we know nothing new about these people as people or even about the relationship. Uh, Then at night, it is a Mikasa. Zach goes over to her place. She tells him that it's tough to think about what's coming. She knows he'll follow his heart. He knows it's heavy, what's around the corner. It's natural to feel stress and fear, and it all takes a toll. Katie says she knows Gabby, and she's an unreal girl. She gets it. She can't imagine the position he's in, and this whole thing has been tough on her, too. Last week, they hit a hurdle. She was in her head.
1: I thought Katie was going to be my MVP up till this point, by the way.
0: (laughs) I did, too, but Gabby was just fucking stellar in this game.
1: She came in like a bloater.
0: What's a bloater?
1: (laughs) It's the giant monster in the last of us is the big boys
0: what what giant monster
1: and they just demolish there's one type of the it's, it's, this is minutia. that there's one type of <laughs> zombie that's like bigger oh and they call them bloaters okay i think it's like you know kind of a boss or whatever bigger got it got it creature
0: got it Bloater Watch 2023.
1: <laughs> Gabby is a bloater. <laughs> uh, I do I do love this, like, talking openly about how the other person is so great. Uh, and she says, this week's been tough on me. Last week we had a hurdle, felt like a step back. I was in my head. And Zach goes, it's a weird thing. <laughs> He's a weird dude going to be a lot of weird things. Katie says, I went through heartache before. Don't want to go through it again. When I was with you, all the walls came crashing down. I'm very crazy in love with you. I hope I'm someone who can make you happy for the rest of your life. It scares the shit out of me to think about what life would be without you.
0: When, when she says that, when she's like, uh, I want to be someone who can make you happy for the rest of your life. I'm so crazy in love with you. He just goes, okay. That was his response to it. She like poured her heart out.
1: Wait, It was? Yeah, he's
0: just like, <laughs> Okay. There was another funny thing that he did with Gabby that we kind of bypassed earlier where he's like, I was undergoing all the stress and pressure and da, da, da da. Does that make sense? And she kind of like rolls her eyes and is like, uh yeah. And it got like fucking audible <laughs>, laughs from the audience in the the live studio. I thought that was a great play on her part, not letting him off the hook. But uh nonetheless, here we have um Katie saying she's scared to think about life without him. He says it's such a big deal, the engagement. He doesn't want to be there second guessing. Getting to that decision is a lot to take, and there's a lot of feelings of and love at stake. He's processing and figuring it all out. So he's still keeping up this lie that he doesn't know who he's going to pick, which is we're going to get to an interesting uh point where that gets kind of like directly addressed. But like that's what this game is as a lead. You have to string people along. That is the game. And you have to make it believable. I don't believe he did, honestly. I think he clearly strung Gabby along to the end of this. I think he knew very early on it wasn't going to be her. And he's bad at stringing along. Bad at game.
1: Why did they keep hinting it would be some dark horse or like a floater you didn't see coming? And then it's just the front runner the whole time. It was a disappointment for me.
0: Because they're trying to force Goldini into a season that is not Goldini. You cannot have... There's one Goldini. There's one Goldini season. The world has changed. The game has changed yeah. so drastically from Goldini's season.
1: The show cannot catch up to 2023. It's it's barely even trying.
0: It's trying to go backwards to Goldini. They're not trying yeah. to progress.
1: <laughs> yeah, Goldini, come back. Goldini,
0: come back. <laughs> Don't get me started. Jesus Christ. We still have to get to Goldini. He fucking has a goddamn hot seat in this in fucking season twenty-seven. Run portion
1: six. Well, at least this one. (laughs) Oh, my God, I wrote here. So this is the silent portion. So I'm just writing visual stats that I can get. Who knows what's been lost in this document? Uh, And I wrote here, they're suppressing who Yeah,
0: there. We got a no who a silent no who We have them walking around in the jungle and shit. We get some ITMs. They're speaking. We're not hearing anything. The the audio feed for the broadcast has literally been silenced here. Now, this is not the fault of the producers. I want to make that very clear. Mm -hmm. Everything else that's bad in the show is... This, however, was not. This is the fault of somebody, whoever's working in the broadcast department, whoever's like fucking literally manning the broadcast. Somebody fucked up, pulled a plug, hit a button, whatever.
1: Anyone they ever talked to, fire them.
0: Pretty fucking unforgivable. (laughs) This is the finale of your show and you cut out like four minutes of audio?
1: Yeah, unforgivable. I agree.
0: That's why it was my... Error, 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 error of the ga- game. Simply can't do this. Simply can never do this. This is a never do. You can never cut the fucking audio out of any episode, <laughs> let alone the most important one of the season. Terrible. But even in silence, they do approach some horses. Gabby gets right.
1: Wait, I think we should guess what they say.
0: What? I don't. Even, I don't have all the shots put down, but I mean, I'm. I'm sure it's something like. I'm nervous and scared. I really have feelings for him, and he's like.
1: Wait, how'd you get on that horse so bad so fast? Whoa! Sorry, did I lightly graze your ass with my hand as you got on that horse? Oh
0: damn! You took really detailed notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did I have trouble with the reins on my horse? Yes, I did. Did they start galloping?
2: My horse. Will not allow me to ride it as easily as your horse is allowing you to ride your horse. Do you have prior horse riding skills that I didn't know about? This is a new dimension of your personality.
1: We can't be riding the horses this fast. It's going to hurt the
0: bloodline. (laughs) You know... (laughs) Do you know that in WWE, the big story right now in WWE Uh, is called The Bloodline? What? Yeah, it's this guy Roman Reigns and his two cousins are the Bloodline and they're like the most dominant wrestlers and shit and their whole thing is like you have to acknowledge that the Bloodline are the the most powerful wrestlers.
1: They call their they call their dynamic duo the Bloodline?
0: Well, it's more like a trio. Sometimes there's a fourth person in it, but yes, they're called the Bloodline.
1: That's a weird nickname for your family.
0: <laughs> well, cuz they're they're cousins of The Rock.
1: Oh, so they're like, we have his good blood.
0: So it's like they're his lineage. Exactly.
1: Interesting. Not interesting enough to watch. I don't like violence.
0: Okay. Understood. Um so we get this fucking um whole terrible thing. Um, but they do get on these horses, and the horse that makes Zach lead him around and gives him a fool edit was my <laughs>
2: Creature of the week.
0: <laughs> Gotta love the horse. Uh, the horse is the everlasting symbol of our beloved game, at least in animal form. And this horse, even in silence, did his or her job correctly. Thank you. This.
1: There- Dark brown horse who made Zach Shallcross gallop and was like, I'm going to get action even if we can't hear what they're talking about. I'm going to maybe throw a crown, you know, spice up the scene. Who was doing anything to possibly, you know, get that screen time, steal the stage Perhaps even hurt the bloodline in the process, but while strutting his stuff, was my <laughs> creature of the week. I'm sorry.
0: No, no problem. You know it was weird. The parents never mentioned the bloodline. I would have expected that from Chap.
1: Wait, what do you mean? What did you expect him to say?
0: We don't. We don't like. We need two things out of our son's fiancé. Oh, boy. A best friend. We need three <laughs> things out of our son's fiancé. A best friend, somebody who will have only bad times with him, and someone who will further the bloodline. Keep it pure.
1: He did mention kiddos at some point. Threw that in. And little ones. And like Katie was like, What? <laughs>
0: But so this this little segment that has no sound fucking goes on for multiple minutes and then they just cut the feed and go straight to commercial. There is no coming back to Jesse Palmer. There is no fixing this as it's happening. It took multiple minutes for whoever is controlling this to realize it was happening. And then they just cut to commercial. We come back into the next portion and they are repeating some of what we saw, but not all of it. It
1: took me forever to figure out what was happening. I just gave up. And I was like, I guess Chad can just tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I Googled it immediately. I'm like, is this my fucking TV? Because I was flipping around too. I was like, my other channels are working. I can hear audio and other shit. What's going on? And then as soon as you Google it, there's like 200 fucking articles already. Bachelor fans outraged by lack of audio. Blah, 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 blah. It was
1: our Sopranos finale. You know, this missing portion. What happened in that? Wait, I'm not going to tell I'm not going to say the spoiler. Of what? You didn't finish The Sopranos?
0: Yeah. Was there a part in it that doesn't have sound? I'm so confused.
1: There's a something that people thought was a technical error that happens.
0: Oh, when it just cuts off in the end? I think that show's like 20 years old. I think we can no. spoil it. Um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, they come back in portion seven. They've just rewound a little bit. Not fully. They don't give us all the footage that was silent. They just give us a little bit of it. Um, And so that, in my opinion, it told me all I needed to know about Gabby. She ain't winning because they don't think her story is important enough
1: to have sound. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. They're just like, fuck it. Rewind it a little bit. Fuck it.
1: You think they should have gone late to include it?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. They had fucking time at the end. Hello.
0: Oh, my God. We'll get to that. Clues it is
1: springtime. It is the off-season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like
0: Clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing quince t-shirts, quince pants, quince long sleeve t-shirts, quince pants, quince sweaters, quince pants. I'm quinced. <laughs> Just call me quinced, king quinces. Okay. They call me. I love quince. Okay, quince. Uh get warm weather ready with quince. Be a quince king yourself or quince queen. Go to quince.com/slash roses for free shipping on your order. And 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I- nce.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses
1: game of roses is sponsored by better clues uh we all carry around different stressors big and small and if you keep them all bottled up it can affect you negatively Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that.
0: Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel com slash Game of Clues,
1: mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock.
0: we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Uh, we come in on Zach ITMing how much he likes Gabby and how she is really committed. Just nothing of substance at all here. We see the horse selfie again. Gabby ITMs that the relationship has been a natural progression. They get each other. Uh, then they're in this little palapa. She thanks him for letting her into his life. She brings up the dad's PTC, how scary it was. He says it didn't click. the The part about him almost dying as an infant didn't click until he was mature enough to understand it. But now he has like a new lease on life. They agree. They agree that uh, they can die at any time. Life is scary. Zach says. Uh you should have that's why you should have fun and enjoy the little things. And Gabby says she's ready to for this to be done. It's scary, but she's so excited. A lot of like, I'm scared, I'm excited. She calls him a gem and says she doesn't want him to be anyone else's gem. They kiss, they get cozy. And this is um relatable. Other than the other error, this was, in my opinion, the biggest error of of anyone actually in the game. They get cozy and then he says, Look, it's the biggest decision of my life. This is not what you want to hear right now. Um but to be honest, I'm torn. I don't know where I'm going to be in 2 days, but he feels good that the right thing will happen. This terrible acting by Zach Shawcrank was actually really my error error error, error of the g- g- game. <laughs> um just abysmal here. Your job as the lead In this case, I mean, you could do like what Gabby was suggesting later. He could have let her go. He could have been like, look, it's not you. He knows it's not her in this fucking moment. You can tell. She can fucking tell. She sits up after he says this, and she ITMs uh, with tear play. Make the fucking decision. She says that in the ITM, and I agree.
1: Great ITM.
0: It was feeling great until he said this, she says, and now she has a gut feeling it's not her tears. She can see what's coming. She's sick of feeling like she isn't enough.
1: We get last chance date night portion. Gabby lights candles in the room.
0: Producer's bad at job.
1: Zach says, how you doing? After she glided on top of the horse. Um, our Gabby said, I left your family so happy, so in love, so sure about you. I'm scared to think, what if not the one? It's scary. Oh, God. Zach looks worn out here. He says, We wouldn't be going this far if I wasn't sure there's a future with us.
0: Oh, he's just so bad at it. Like, that's another thing that the contemporary producers don't quite get this. I really feel this is a problem with where the game is right now. They are selecting leads for their ability to be manipulated. Yeah. For their naivete for their inability to understand this as a game or a TV show. If you go back and look at some of the greatest leads, I I didn't want to invoke his name, but okay, I guess I have to. Nick Vial, the great one, the greatest player of all time. This is a person, think what you will about him, currently as a podcast host or an author or any number of things. But back when he was playing, back in his playing days, especially as a lead, this man understood what the fucking game is and what his role as a lead is. It is not to be manipulated by the producers. It is to help the producers produce the fucking show. Shout crank ain't doing that. He doesn't understand what's happening here.
1: He's, he's bumbling around and in the, in this bumbling, he says, I'm trying so hard to figure this out. I know you're giving it everything. He says, I'm giving this everything I got. I know you're giving it everything you got. It's like he's just every step of the every like half sentence he says is just like uh cringeworthy. And Zach says, I don't have a decisive feeling. I want to fully experience this to the very end. Is that the right way? I don't know. And when he says that he, you know, is following this to the end and that uh, he can see a future. He says, I'm love. He says, I'm love level three. I can see a future with you. And then he makes this face, this grimace.
2: <laughs> where a ghost, that was
1: so good. A ghost has pulled back the side of one of his mouth, <laughs> one of the sides of his mouth with a fish hook. And it is the worst acting in this Love Level 3. I agree with you. And that's why he got both my face play of the game. And (laughs) his reaction to Gabby during this date was also my error, 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 error. Of the game. I agree with you. Like, this is, I mean, I know there's clearly so much pressure to get the final rose ceremony. We all love the final rose ceremony where someone gets dumped. We don't want to see it just be one person in the end. We want that dichotomy, or I do. And they try to get the leads to do it. And a lot of them don't do it for a reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it well. This is not good. Everybody knows, including, by the way, the fucking player herself. At the very least, you got to be able to do that. When she knows, then we're going to fucking know, dude. Portion 8 begins back in the studio. DLP welcomes us. He apologizes for the sound being out and makes a joke about not missing anything except a shot of Zach in the shower. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Good they had that one ready. <laughs> it, but
0: that's... Of course, they wrote that and told him to say it. It does not respect the game. It reduces this season to a series of fucking meaningless shower shots. And it reduces then your Bachelor to that. It's so fucking stupid.
1: They're like, isn't it funny how we wasted your time with all of this? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe some people love it. Uh, DLP says, welcome bachelor royalty, Sean Lowe and the woman who stole his heart, his wife, Catherine. And Goldini and Catherine walk onto stage.
0: This was hard to watch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. it should be council of crowns, two bachelors. Like it should be fun. Uh, DLP says, thank you for dropping some knowledge. You know how hard it is. How do you think he's handled it? Sean Lowe, not well, Jesse joking though. And Sean Lowe does this joke structure over and over again where he roasts Zach. And then is just like, just kidding.
0: Yes. Sean Lowe is a fantastic bachelor. He is maybe one of the greatest of all time. Sean Lowe is not a funny person. He should not be doing this. Um, It doesn't even reach like dad level humor. It's just a fucking flat line from the audience. Nobody's laughing at this. Nobody wants to see him making fucking jokes. It's also a strange decision, I believe, to have Goldini and Catherine in a complete hot seat. This this goes on for an entire portion where he's basically like, how do you think he's doing? What do you think about the no sex proclamation? What do you think is going through Zach's mind right now?
1: You know, the most interesting part that I thought came out of it was Goldini saying that for Sex Week, he handled it terribly. It wasn't my game plan. He asked me how I might approach it. I told him my opinion. He doesn't have to follow it. Obviously, he feels guilty about how it worked out. At least he got it out of the way now, not something that came up weeks from now. And DLP says I told him he'd be tempted. Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was funny.
0: But I loved how Goldini was like, hey, it ain't my fucking fault. I know the internet's saying it was my fault, that it was my idea. What my idea? He's like making sure that he still maintains Goldini status. Yeah. He doesn't want to have any part of some kind of villainous thing.
1: Oh, he's pulling up all the loose ends. Yeah, exactly.
0: This was a chance for Goldini to make sure he's still Goldini, still the most uh, celebrated bachelor of all time. But. You know, it was kind of okay, I guess. I don't know. Catherine gets in some, some lines here about, you know, what it's like to be a finalist. I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: They call it... DLP says it's like football. The game can look good on the board. Goldini says call some audibles, I think. Sports talk.
0: There's a part where Goldini... um he, DLP asked him if he wants to, what about their kids? And Goldini's like, if they're watching this, they need to go to sleep. They're too young to watch The Bachelor. Then he praises The Process and his Christian God for being able to have the beautiful life that he wanted when he came on to the show. He calls The Bachelor a silly reality TV show as well. That I thought was um, a bad move on Goldini's part. This ain't a silly show, buddy. It gave you your whole life. Give you your whole life. Um, then DLP calls them a shining example of love and what the show is all about. And then he throws to a Kardashians uh Hulu promo.
1: They I mean they do give the 4TR blessing. Kat says he's honest, wants to find his person. So it, we got the Goldini blessing. Way too long. I agree. Don't bring him up. Check in with Courtney Robertson, perhaps.
0: Yes. Yes, she at least was in the season. I guess Goldini was too, but The thing about Goldini, what this made like abundantly clear to me is that Goldini's time is gone. Like he doesn't get what this is anymore. He's making these jokes that fall flat. Whatever they're trying to uh, imprint on this season from Goldini did not take, in my opinion, because I just feel like it's gone.
1: Well, I just like wonder because he hosted that after show for a little while back in the day. And I was like, I wonder if part of him feels like he should be in Jesse's spot.
0: I mean, no offense to Goldini. And you know what I think of Dark Lord Palmer. Dark Lord Palmer is a very competent host. I don't believe he's an empathetic king, but that motherfucker can host a goddamn show. I don't, after what I saw tonight, Goldini ain't got no shot. This man can't do that job.
1: Yeah, DLP is too good. Um, We get to portion eight,
0: nine, I think.
1: Nine. I don't know. I didn't know how to count the... I didn't know how to count the the portions that messed up.
0: <laughs> the silent portion.
1: DLP says, It's already been a dramatic night. I was there and it was very, very sad. Empathetic King. Brace yourselves. This is a rough one. Final rose ceremony day. We see a monkey walk a fence. Gabby ponders on the couch. I'll leave today heartbroken or engaged to someone amazing. Puts on this yellow dress, perfume. Zach walks the beach with no shirt. <laughs> Katie ponders her PJs. Katie rubs her finger where her ring might be. And ITM, she's not trusting of men. Remember her, the man-hater. If you propose, it would change my life forever. Zach walks, and we see visible sweat through his shirt. Uh, DLP says, Neil Lane couldn't make it today, but I'm helping you pick out a beautiful ring to Zach. What? Oh, my.
0: What?
1: Well, first of all, I was concerned. I was like, is Neil Lane okay?
0: I thought the exact, I wrote this in the notes. I said, where's Neil Lane? Is he all right?
1: I wrote, OMG, is Neil Lane okay? <laughs> Different generations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zach ponders the sparklers <laughs> at ITM, proposing to my best friend, also going to break hearts. Uh, I, I have love for both of them. And he walks the path of pain between all these orange garlands of pain. They're covering literally everything on this beach. They were in the swamp date he had with Katie where he told her that he (laughs) consummated with Gabby. Final rose ceremony one. Big reveal. Gabby. Gabby is first. And then.
0: She does a very interesting play right here.
1: This was like. I love this. On another level. Yes. Gabby gets out of the van and it's really muddy. And she says to the driver, it's a really muddy spot. Don't park there when it actually matters when Katie arrives. Don't do that to her.
0: I don't think it was a driver. She's looking off screen, I believe to a producer. Oh. And she goes, because I think the producer, this is all me inferring from her facial expressions and stuff. But when she says it, she's like, don't uh, park here. It's muddy here. And then she goes, her face gets serious. And she goes, it actually matters. When Katie arrives, don't do that to her. So it implies a couple of things. One, she's telling the producers, like, don't fucking do this to us, you pieces of shit. And two, it implies that she knows she's first. She's saying when Katie arrives, she knows in that moment she's fucked. How does she know? I don't know. It could have been just her you know, assuming that she's first. Or it could have been the producers telling her. I'm not sure. But I found it a very interesting moment.
1: She's like, there's no footsteps in the mud. She's like a really good tracker.
0: But it's also this idea, at least to me, it was this idea that she's like, come on, you fucking assholes. Like, you haven't put us through enough bullshit. Now Mm -hmm. you gotta fucking make me step in a puddle of goddamn mud. Like, and it, it reveals either one of two things. One, the producers are malicious and did it on purpose. Or two, they're bad at job and just don't pay attention to the fucking details. I think that's more likely.
1: I mean, they definitely pay attention to this path. It's completely decorated. There's flat panels on the sand portion. Um, It's complete. Yeah. Uh, Well, I thought this was an incredible, incredible improv move from Gabby.
0: I did, too. I loved it. Absolutely loved it.
1: And literally, this starts a beautiful, beautiful scene. She greets DLP. I think I know what's about to happen. DLP, why do you think that? Gabby, I don't know. DLP, well, best of luck. (laughs) And Gabby, ITM, she has this gut feeling. I think if it were me, I'd know it was me. And she approaches the altar and hugs Zach. He says, what a journey. Or wildest times. Falling in love, maple syrup tastings. He literally just recaps the...
0: Yeah, just boring and stupid. Just a dunce.
1: Uh, Love your humor, smile, intelligence, unwavering conference confidence for us. Love level three in you has made me a better man, but you see an audience member crying. Gabby, you don't have to say it. Ugh.
0: I loved it. She takes control of this situation. This is a situation where um, you're going to be victimized. So you want to get maximum victimization out of it. The more you let him explain, the more you let him try to be a good guy in the situation and let you down easy, the harder it's going to be to get that victimization. She knows this. She cuts him off. Don't fucking say it. He's like, I know. She holds back some tears.
1: He tries. He tries to still get it in. I'm sorry. You deserve a man who picks you first every day. She goes, can you stop? Produces tears. uh, Takes her hands back. She says, I knew it was coming. I've known. I don't know why you wouldn't tell me when you knew. And Gabby's rebellious response to Zach Shawcross at the final rose ceremony was my... Play, 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 play of the game. Mm. I thought she was evoking Claire Crawley. I thought she was evoking just all, like, horsemen. All of the greatest second-place victimization edits that we've seen. Like, it was just iconic, and it was... You know, it was in her kind of Gabby brand that she set up. She says, I you know, you've known and he's like, No, I didn't. She says, I'll be okay. I want you to be happy. Katie's a really special person. And she like talks up Katie here. Good luck. He says, I'm sorry. She says, I don't need an apology. I really do wish nothing for, but the best for you. So it's angry, but it's like keeping this force here part. And she Invokes a little Sleucian protocol here. I knew what I was getting myself into. This is heartbreaking. Thank you for all you've shown me. And he says, I'll never forget you. Uh, she cries. She says, it's okay. I'll find love somewhere, somehow. It's okay. It's just, it's beautiful.
0: It was perfectly played and it was it was done with style. It was done in a way that only she could have done it it was elevated. I agree with you. This is going to go down in history as one of the greatest runner-up exits of all time. It was really a thing to behold.
1: She took her shoes off in the car, says, I should have listened to my gut. You know, She's bringing up women's intuition. Women love their women's intuition. Women be intuiting.
0: And she's talking about how she just wants to go home, and she knew the whole time. You got to trust your gut, all that. Um, I thought at this point, she's got to be thinking I got the fucking crown wrapped up. And honestly, she deserved it. She deserved it. We'll get to that more in the end. I have some things to say about that. But
1: she would have gotten this if they hadn't announced yet.
2: I,
0: agree.
1: If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. and i need an easy install and this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the aura app aura frames are wi-fi connected come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Agree. But as her car is speeding down the road, taking her back to her hotel... There is a man on a motorcycle trailing the car. His face is blurred. He doesn't even know what is happening in the car right in front of him. One of the most iconic exit speeches of all time. Nonetheless, because this man was in proximity to Gabby's greatness, in her greatest moment of the season, I gave him my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week Congratulations to you, person on a motorcycle. Hopefully, um you'll watch this one day and realize you were part of history. Gabby says if she listened to her gut she wouldn't I
1: feel sad thinking that they might not.
0: They I'm certain won't. <laughs> this is in Thailand. <laughs> 100% certain this is never happening. She says, Gabby says, if she listened to her gut, she wouldn't be in this <laughs> place. She's so unlovable. She's she's using Higginsing here. here. Uh, there's something wrong with me. Why am I so hard to love? So misunderstood. And Gabby, as she is crying, turns directly to the camera in her moment of pain. Usually my face plays the game or funny, whatever. But this was, to me, her crowning achievement. It was the cherry on top. It was mm-hmm. the final image. She literally turns her face directly to the camera that she knows is there and delivers the tear-streaked face of a victim. I will show you the picture now.
1: That is beautiful.
0: Double eye closed, mascara running down face, she's even using a hand to tilt her face up to give a perfect pose, was my... Face play of the... Game. She's just doing everything right. She dominated this entire episode, in my opinion. Uh, we come back to the studio where Gabby is sitting on a hot seat and somebody yells, we love you, Gabby. Her play has worked so well on the fourth audience that people are audibly saying they love her in the fucking crowd.
1: Love level four. <laughs> and DLP says we've never seen the love and support that you are getting on social media all of Bachelor Nation felt your pain. Gabby says, you know it's goodbye forever. Not goodbye and call you in two weeks. She has us all prepared. Not goodbye and like, maybe we'll get back together, or hook up. She gives all these examples. It's kind of like a romantic comedy speech.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had a gut feeling, but you hope maybe it's you. I prepared myself, but it doesn't make that goodbye easier. And DLP says, being chosen second was a big theme. What did your gut say? Gabby says, it's tough. We're on a TV show. I hate when people say I was in the top four. Ooh, calling out your great one. Uh, I want to be chosen first by my partner every day. In previous relationships, I've lost parts of me. And DLP says, fantasy suites. You know, I want a respect for privacy. I'll just say, how difficult was that week? She goes, so many emotions. I know most of the nation saw the sad moments I had. Most of the nation?
0: Correct. Gabby never uses the term Bachelor Nation. She says The Nation. To my knowledge, to my knowledge, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Pace Case, to my knowledge, you and I are the only podcast calling it The Nation.
1: I don't listen to any other Bachelor podcasts unless it's on Digging Deeper <laughs> and I don't think I've heard it on that. <laughs>
0: Well, I know the great one always calls it back.
1: No, this, I was like, oh.
0: It's our language.
1: Oh, you're not only a reader, but you're listening to this right now. <laughs> She's in the
0: fucking pit. There's no question. Uh, she says they had a lot of good conversations about things that made her feel supported.
1: Hello, Gabby. We're so proud of you.
0: Hello, Gabby. You should have been the Bachelorette. But we didn't see these conversations. Um she says she's contradicting the edit here. She felt connected and in love and safe. And they made a decision together because they were feeling love. And that was something that she will never get back. That part of her that she shared with them, it's it's extremely violating that. Again, she says the nation knows everything. This is, and this is the end of this portion 10.
1: I think she said the entire nation.
0: Yeah. Um, And then DLP says, we'll give you a moment to collect yourself. We're going to bring out Zach. So this is the first half of Gabby's hot seat where she gets to solo explain what happened. Portion 11, Zach comes out, they hug, and DLP throws to Gabby. And she just, she fucking takes it over. She says she has a lot of thoughts and feelings. Uh, She's tear playing all throughout this. Says she's still sad and hurt. Even more now in the watchback. She doesn't know where to start. DLP uh, jumps in.
1: Love that. Level up. You know you're not the next bachelorette. You can you can go hard that you're not over it.
0: Exactly. Uh and she does. He says, what well, was the most painful painful part about Zach revealing uh that they had sex? She says it was hard. What was hard for her is that they had so many positive moments that day on the beach, some of the reasons behind her emotions and what led her to that point. We didn't see any of this shit. This is bad at job. Show us this shit. This is the important shit. She says she felt so protected by him. Uh, in that moment, she felt so protected and she's disappointed by how everything in the evening portion was aired, she says, because there was so much to their night. The conversation around in- intimacy. The
1: evening portion, huh?
0: Yeah, she calls it portion again.
1: Would you look at
0: that? It's very interesting choice of words, Gabby. Hi, Gabby. The She says the conversation around intimacy was like five seconds long. They spent so much time talking about mental health and therapy and connecting on that. We saw none of it bad a job. Mm. It was consensual, she says. That's good. <laughs> and it was what they wanted. And we decided that it was going to be between us. They said it that night. He told Ooh. her it was between them. And then he blindsided her in the hotel room.
1: That could have been play of the game in itself.
0: Well, I agree. For me, I'll just do it now. This whole two-segment, two-portion piece of her hot seat was my Play, 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 play of the game. She fucking dominated him, in my opinion. Dominated this entire episode, and it really came to a head in this portion where she's just going at him. He's just sitting there, getting browbeaten, Uh, and everything she's saying is justified.
1: It was just bachelorettes speech. It was just like, you know, it's things that are appealing to the fourth audience. You're like, I'm, you know, an advocate for emotional health and therapy. It's like, these are things you can watch on my channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, revealing this huge piece of tea, but not acting like you're it didn't feel like she was throwing a, a grenade at him, which she was.
0: No, I agree. It came across very for TRR. Yeah. She said it was way worse than the watchback because she's seeing a different point of view. Uh, She didn't know that he didn't tell Ariel. It felt like he was only speaking to Katie in this moment. She thought it was more than a TV show. She gets it sex sells, but now she's become a narrative. She's shitting on the show a little bit. I love that.
1: This is like Caitlin Bristow, like I'm getting sex shamed.
0: Yes. But even saying like for her, it was more than a TV show. I get it. Sex sells. She's calling out the producer she's calling out the show in that moment which she can do because she's not the bachelorette she knows that dlp reminds them that it's live tv so zach you get a response but hurry the fuck up and then zach basically (laughs) says
2: well i have no excuse i handled things wrong my mind felt like i need to let everyone know that i went against my word it was a secret i needed to not have etc
0: etc he apologizes. Just the same dumb shit.
1: It was a secret I needed to not have.
0: <laughs> All he does is apologize. There's nothing of substance here. He's kind of like a fucking brick wall. When when both Ariel and Gabby are trying to get anything out of him, it's nothing. And I believe he's been coached by producers in this because they need to hold him up as another Goldini. And then uh, DLP... Tells Gabby he knows she's going to find the love of her life. We begin portion 12. Zach picks up the final rose. We're back in the document. He ITMs that the breakup was tough, but now he can give his whole heart to one person. Katie shows up, walks the path of pain. Um, Wait,
1: she shows up. They put her in the exact same spot in the mud.
0: Of course. Of course. Bad a job. Um... And then she walks the path of pain and we get the final altar thing, the Katie speech. He tries to make it um or Katie has her speech, sorry, first, recaps their whole fucking thing. Never thought she could find unconditional love.
1: My walls so high I couldn't see past them. You stepped into my life. The walls came <laughs> from the land down with every kiss, with every laugh, with every hello, hello. Is that good, Katie?
0: I'm gonna need a little clarification on that accent. What in the hell are you doing? <laughs> what is that? Was that British? Was that a fucking cowboy? What is going on?
1: Southern. It was a cowboy. Yeah.
0: Southern? She's from Canada. She's fucking Canadian.
1: What? Oh, my God. I forgot she was Canadian. I I really thought... Because I was like, oh, she's from Austin, Texas. Oh, fucking Christ. Okay, so that was not me trying to do a Canadian accent for the record. (laughs) That was an attempted Southern slash like Miss Havisham or something. She
0: said sorry like 500 times. She
1: says, I'm so in love with you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Love level four. If it's not you, it's not anyone. That's an ultimatum I don't think I've heard before.
0: Yeah, a complete. She's going to become a nun if it doesn't work out with Shellcrank.
1: I will not date Shellcrank or die.
2: Shellcrank or bus. Here we go. And then we get Zach's speech. Everything with you has been so special. When you love Level Ford, me, I didn't think I could feel anything better than that. And since night one, I've been following my heart.
1: You're like the villain in the Saw movies.
2: <laughs> yeah. And she can no longer say I can no longer say I'm falling in love with you. Big pause makes it dramatic because I'm in love with you. I love you so much with all my heart. You're the face I want to wake you up to every morning. I want to be with you forever. I want to spend my life with you. (laughs) They kiss. He
0: calls her his best friend. Of course, he has to do that. They love love before each other. He gets on that knee. And we see the Neil Lane product placement as he opens the box. He proposes. She accepts. Ring on finger. Kiss, kiss, kiss. The couple stands on the beach. She screams we're engaged. He says, look at that rock. He gives her the final rose. (laughs)
2: Look at that rock.
0: (laughs) Kiss, kiss, kiss. She tells him she waited her entire life for him. They get on this boat and they go away in the boat. She can't wait to take uh, uh, to wake up and see his eyes every single day. And back in the studio, everybody's clapping. Zach remains in the hot seat next to DLP. And DLP says, wow, what a beautiful proposal. Right. We begin portion 13. DLP welcomes Katie to the stage. She comes out and sits down with Zach. They hug, they kiss. DLP demands to see that sparkler. They describe it as a disco ball and discuss its size.
1: He says, let me see that sparkler. DLP reading also. What? Hey, a reader using the term sparkler.
0: We didn't come up with sparkler. Hmm. That was a DLH coinage. Hmm. If you'll remember, I don't remember what season oh. it was. We could go back and look at it through our documents, but DLH coined the term "sparkler." Hmm. That's a bachelor in house term.
1: Thank you for the clarification.
0: But yeah, I I think DLP though is a listener for sure. What? Um, yeah, hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent. Why? The motherfucker says Who'd you in his goddamn Instagrams and shit. <sighs> anyway. DLP asks them how it feels to be out in public now.
2: Feels so good to be able to go to a coffee shop. I, really rock. I love coffee shops. I love restaurants. It feels so good to be able to go to a coffee shop and a restaurant now.
0: DLP then asked them <laughs> when he knew it was Katie. And he says.
1: Oh, no. He does say coffee shop a lot.
2: He said it twice in here.
1: Bro, you're a weirdo. You fucking love coffee so much.
2: I love weird coffee
0: in weird restaurants. DLP asked Zach when he knew it was Katie, and he says this written line about the last chance date. That's the first time we've heard it uh, called that, I believe, in the document. But so he's basically saying, like, he didn't know until the final fucking moment. That will corroborate his lie to Gabby about... It was real. I wasn't leading you on, blah, blah, blah. So he says the show meant... Then he goes, the show meant I couldn't say it for a while, but I knew. And then he kind of backtracks and says, I knew when I first met her and all this shit. But he's blaming it on the show.
1: Yeah. I knew the whole time. The show, dot, 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 had to wait it out. This ain't adding up. I put my thinking cap on. (laughs) If I get you a hat, it can be your chap cap.
2: Yeah.
0: Chap cap. I'll
2: wear a chap cap. I I guess I didn't know until the last chance date, but I knew when I first met her. Huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he went slightly off script here.
0: (laughs) Shall, shall crank crank cranking our leg.
1: I thought to myself, it's you. It's always been you. DLP says, how do you feel going into Final Rose? Katie says, I had confidence in us, but it was very nerve-wracking. What about Fantasy Suites Week? She says, tough to watch back. Never going to watch that episode again, but we have amazing communication. We pride ourselves on that. Came out stronger. This is textbook. DLP, one very important question. How do you feel about all Zach's shower scenes? Again, roasting the production.
0: Yeah. Roasting the production, roasting the idea of shower scenes, which are actually... I mean, they're not an, impar- an important part narratively of our beloved game, but they are a part of it. They're a flourish. They're they are something that is used again and again. You should not shit on them. They will be used again and again.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be, hey, this person is so sexy.
0: Exactly. And it's supposed... I mean...
1: It's not supposed to be a fool at it.
0: I've written about this. I, I, I wrote some things about this when they did it with Colton Underwood in season 23. It's also mm-hmm. meant to be symbolically a moment of cleansing it. They usually mm. put the shower scenes at the beginning of the season to say, look, the bachelor is clean. He can go in this experience. Now they usually put some <laughs> at, right at the end of the regular season. Now he can go into hometowns and playoffs clean. They always put them before fantasy suites
1: <laughs> clean enough for fam. <laughs> What's that clean enough for the family. And then for fantasy, exactly suites, really scrubbed down.
0: It's a symbolic, uh image, you know, meant to basically represent, like, leaving the past behind.
1: I liked the Pilot Pete one when they made him hold a hose on top of an airplane.
0: That was in the first episode.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fool edit. In uh,
0: his character introduction. It was, for sure. I, they, they fucking destroyed Pilot Pete.
1: <laughs>
0: that man got wrecked. I will forever feel bad for him. Shout-cross, I do not feel bad for. But, um... Then we cut to portion 14, still with Katie and Zach. Hot Seat DLP asks what's next for them. Zach says they're going to New York. Then he's going to move to Austin and they're going to move in together this summer. So they're going fast here. Now, just you know, take this with a grain of salt. Because if you'll remember, Bachelorette season 18, there was one Michelle Young and one Nate Olicoya were given 200000 dollars to buy a house. They said that is what they were doing. They were looking for a house in Minnesota. And if you'll remember, that shit did not happen. So, again, grain of salt.
1: It was a gift. The money will go where it is determined to go, and we are excited about that. Great opportunities.
0: Absolutely. But I'm just saying, they made it very clear that they were looking to buy a house ASAP and start this relationship, and they were going to do it in Minnesota within six months Michelle Young, I believe, moved to Los Angeles and was the host of Bachelor Happy Hour. <laughs> oh. And Nate Olikoya was on fucking, uh, you know, trying to get on a Paradise. Um, at any rate, I wish them well. I hope this does work out. I have no actual hope or no actual uh, thought that it does. My predictive powers tell me this will fall apart, but we shall see.
1: Wait, I wrote Chip in the front row here. Is his name Chip, not Chap.
0: Chap. It's chap. <laughs> oh, I think maybe it is chip. I don't know, but I think he introduced himself as chap.
1: All right. Hang on. He's chap. He's chap. And if it's chip, we mean the friend version chap. He's our chap. Uh, Zach says we're going to New York together. Right after that, we're moving in together in Austin. Uh, yeah. Chap. DLP says both of your families are here. Chap is in the front row.
0: His full name is Chapman.
1: DLP says, what was the family's reaction? Oh, it's supportive. We don't really get any details. This is not like when we had, you know, Sweet Nums and uh, 47 Flyer.
0: Literally getting into a fucking arguing match with Madison Pruitt.
1: Great details. saying Applauding for we find out that they had sex four times in the windmill. Adding so much. No, we don't get anything. We get more from Nate Mitchell, who is in the audience tonight. Who we have not seen in a very long time. And I I guess he's friends with Zach Schalcross. I don't understand this.
0: Who else could they bring out from that season that you would have had any recognition for? You know what I mean? I do think he was maybe the most memorable player from that season. Yeah. Um
1: Look, I like what he does here, though. He says, Congrats to both of you. Yeah. My heart feels so warm being in the room with you. You've got such a glow on your face. Your life begins now. A Nate Glow.
0: Yeah, that was pretty good. I guess they could have brought out who? Tino? No. They could have brought out who? Schwer? I think that might have been a problem. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. <laughs> DLP then says, Nate will give you a pearl necklace. That has another meaning, DLP.
1: Right. Oh, sweet man. I don't think you knew. Right. He didn't know what he was doing, I think. <laughs> sweet Maybe man. not. Sweet
0: man. Oh, my God. Sweet man.
1: Uh, he says, are you wedding planning? And Zach says, the whole process is very accelerated, but we want to do little things. I'm a weirdo. We'll go to a coffee shop. And the wedding will be 2025. Okay, great.
0: Long enough away to never happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, long enough away, no one will remember. Uh, And he says, we'll see what happens after with little ones. Katie looks shocked.
0: And then we get into this interesting conversation about... uh, He asked if it was all worth it, of course. She says yes. And then DLP says uh, he'll never forget about the season the final three supporting each other. And Katie says, yeah, we were all trauma bonded. She says that on fucking camera.
1: I can't believe that that is in the show. They wouldn't bleep that out.
0: It was live. It was live. I mean, I guess they have a a seven second delay. But I mean, shit, she wasn't cussing. The person on that button is just looking for cussing. Yeah, you're right. So uh, she says that she's close with, uh, Ariel and Gabby
1: Wowie moment of the week for
0: me <laughs> my wowie was the fucking the I mean this whole thing was a wowie let's be real but DLP says uh, everything's great now let's watch charity and portion 15 is this charity sneak peek you're gonna get a, a look at her night one DLP even says that charities reveal even gave Howard Stern and Howard Stern and his wife Goosebumps. I thought that was a weird thing to say.
1: So weird. Make Howard Stern a group date judge. You cowards. Get him in there.
0: Yeah. He's a a noted bachelor fan. Um DLP then we we see him. St-
1: we should get Howard Stern in the pit.
0: <laughs> I agree. Howard Stern, if you're listening, come into the pit. DLP then tells Charity, he's standing in front of the mansion. We are getting some footage from the night one of charity season. And um, he tells her that she's about to meet someone she already knows. A limo pulls up and her brother, Namaya, gets out. Um, he then puts on a disguise to infiltrate the other players and he calls himself an undercover brother, tentatively after the the movie of the same title, I guess. What the fuck are we watching? What is this? What is this?
1: Charity's brother, Nehemiah, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I, like, this is producers, right? Coming up with this?
0: Yes. Yes. No. Who else would fucking come up with this?
1: I know, but if you're gonna have wigs on the show, make them good wigs. Make them really make them really think he's a contestant.
0: Exactly.
1: Don't make it just for night one. Make it um I've been calling for a return to the mole for years now.
0: Same. Same.
1: <laughs> Famously. Uh they had a mole in Jesse Palmer season and it was great. It was his friends. Wife.
0: Yeah, his friend's wife, who was named.
1: She stuck around a long time.
0: Her name was Jenny D. Scarelli. She went out, by the way, in uh, seven to 10th place in the third week of the show. So they kept her around kicking people off <laughs> that could have had her spot yeah. for two fucking weeks. Hilarious. Anyways.
1: Undercover brother, huh? That's.
0: Yeah, I mean. Couldn't have been a worse way to get me excited about watching this season. It looks so boring and dumb already. Just bad at job through and through. And really, like we're saying up top, the show, the game needs a rebrand. You have to come at this fresh now (laughs) because the people that you have making the show don't fucking get it. I don't know. I mean, we're obviously going to watch that season and I hope for the best as I do with every season. And I will say,
1: of course, we're watching. Who do you think we are? I'll watch forever.
0: I mean, we are we're we're in the pit. The game is in us. As harsh as we've maybe been on, on some elements of the season, I do think there were some good things about it. We're gonna be, I believe next Tuesday, we're gonna have a uh a breakdown of like our top 10 takeaways from the season. And some of those things were good. We will get to those, rest assured. And and maybe charity season will have some as well. But we come back to the audience and DLP asks if anyone thought it was Charity's ex-boyfriend. Some people nod and say yes. DLP says Thank you to everybody. And he says, you'll have to tune in June 26th to find out how Charity's journey goes. He thanks everybody as well as the fourth audience. And then we see all these audience members get out of their chair and like kind of storm the stage and they're dancing around. I think Arden Mirren is one of them um, who is an actress and another she hosts another Bachelor podcast. Everybody laughs and cheers. We get a Goldini shot and this goes on for five minutes. They They have to replay the music loop that they have While people are dancing around multiple times, this is what we get at the end of the show. Instead of the audio footage, the footage without the audio, they don't replay that, but they let this go on for fucking five minutes. Bad at job, up and down.
1: Yes, this was my bad at job of the episode. Was the lady swarm on poor DLP? He's like vamping, but he's so much higher up than them. They've done this before, where they swarm the stage in a way where they like meet. Him, meet the batch. They make the bachelor seem like one of the people. They are like meeting the fans and stuff. But this was so bizarre.
0: I agree. Um, top to bottom, I would say one of the worst finales I've ever seen in terms of presentation. <laughs> but out of it came one of the greatest runner-up uh, performances that I have ever seen in my life. And for that reason, Gabby was my. M-M-M-M-V-K. Everything she did tonight was not just correct. It was on another fucking level. I mean, like you were saying earlier, Pace Case, this is going to go down in history as one of the best runner-up performances of all time, bar none, in my opinion. Gabby, she did more then you would necessarily need to be given the crown, and she was not. Mm -hmm. Will she potentially be a crown after charity? I think that's possible. The the performance she put in tonight is going to leave a massive impact on, as she calls it, the nation. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think she's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. If she wants to go to Paradise, fine. I would honestly tell her maybe not. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think she's done enough here to maybe get the crown after charity, depending on who comes out of bachelor 28. We, I mean, we don't know what those players are going to be or anything. And, uh, you know, who knows if she can get kind of moved to the back of the line, but right now she, I just don't, she did so much. She really did.
1: She played a perfect game. This was, it was extraordinary. She had, you know, my play of the game, when she rejects the the final rose ceremony uh traditions and storms off and she had your play of the game her heartbreak reunion hot seat just amazing top to bottom and like i said i did really think katie might be my mvp at the beginning because she also played a really strong game
0: yeah she did I mean, both of these players are excellent. There was really, this whole season, like, there were some amazing fucking plays. Yeah. Amazing players. I think we are, and we know, you know, uh, I'm not just giving Gabby... final
1: four were super strong.
0: Yes. I'm not just giving Gabby my MVP because she read the book, but (laughs) I will say that I think, for me anyway, I can start to see much more clearly now our indirect influence in the game we obviously have direct influence in it with the the players that i've been coaching and everything mm-hmm. but like this i think really was she read the book and was doing shit from it like we saw her doing it
1: it was it was a thing to behold uh and that's why she was also my m m m m v p I yeah, I feel like all this was a very strong, very well-cast season, I would say. Obviously, I wish Mandral had been in longer. Well, I'm sure we'll get into this in our top 10 takeaways, but yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to overall.
0: Me too. It still hasn't been returned to its former glory. I I still believe this needs a rebrand. I still believe you need to get <laughs> rid of everybody in the top tier of producers. <laughs> Um, Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's not everybody in the top tier. But whoever's controlling this and making these these creative decisions about how to present The Bachelor, how to present certain players, doesn't get this. They simply don't. And they certainly don't understand how to present a game like this in 2023. When you're now competing with everything Netflix is doing, this shit's falling far behind, in my opinion.
1: I mean, I wonder if they just should move it to streaming. Because You can't have the conversations that you can have on Netflix because of whatever, the laws.
0: Of course you can. The laws are just about like, um, there's a few words you can't say without getting fined. You can have conversations about things like Netflix has conversations about abortion. You can have that on ABC. It's just, it's simply a choice that they will not do it. Yeah. And um, as a result, when you watch something like Love is Blind or Perfect Match, Perfect Match, not as much. Well, no, it's it's on Perfect Match too.
1: I mean, you can't have the group sex scene.
0: <laughs> no, you can't have that. But you can have people talking about real things, which allows you then to feel like you know who they are as people. Yeah. By the end of this season...
1: It's seriously missing.
0: I don't know who anyone from this season was as a person. I literally have no idea about any of them. And that is a bad producing job. You, you shouldn't be able to watch a full season of The Bachelor and have no idea what any of these people are actually like as people. Um, and that's where we're at. And they do this almost every season. They just suck the life out of the people in the edit. Yeah. Nonetheless.
1: Including Zach.
0: It was still... Yes, including their Bachelor. I agree. But nonetheless, it was still a pleasure to cover this season with you, Pace Case, as it yes. always is.
1: I'm really excited to catch up on Love is Blind so we can watch that one.
0: Yeah. That's a fun one. We will be covering at this point, I believe, a variety of other reality shows during the off season. We're gonna hopefully have some interviews coming up and stuff for you. But like I said, we will be back uh, this Friday with another Twibbon. Then we'll be back Monday with a digging deeper, and next Tuesday we're gonna be doing our top ten takeaways from this recently ended season twenty-seven of The Bachelor. There's a lot. There's a lot to get to, and we'll be giving out our uh, plays of the season, our errors of the season, and all that in that episode as well. We hope you will join us for it. But before we go tonight, as always, what is that Dwab
2: at?
1: It has been 7,673 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer.
2: Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast.